0: Hey, it's Josh and Chris from LJ's Card Lounge. We are coming with you now with the LJ's Card Lounge podcast. Very first time, checking it out. Hope we have a good time. How are we doing today, Josh? Doing good, man. Fresh off the weekend, fresh off of card shows,
1: fresh off of listing cards, fresh off of cards, man. That's all we do around It's cards, cards, cards.
0: But you know what, Chris? We love our job, and it's fun.
1: It's I mean, fun.
0: It's only a job because we get paid because like I, I would love to do this all day anyways. True. But one thing we were talking about this morning when we decided to do this is, man, Josh, Joe Burrow is that dude. Like, I know Brandon Phillips is that dude, BP. I mean, Joe Burrow is that dude, J. Same city. Same city. Same city. I mean, the two best, the most two influential sports players right now in Cincinnati are Joe. Joey Votto, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Because to me, there's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and everybody else. And Burrow just went ahead and proved that yesterday. He said, you know what, if you're going to Atlanta, you better get a refund. Just get a refund, Josh.
1: Get a refund on that ticket. Everybody loves the Joes in Cincinnati. If you're any kind of Cincinnati fan. Chris, I know you're a Cincinnati fan, Cincinnati Reds fan. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a Chicago Cubs fan, which I think anybody who ever watches our shows or listens to us knows that by now. But I appreciate the culture in Cincinnati. And I think we said from the beginning that Cincinnati was going to be tough this year to beat, especially once they went on that run. You and I went to that Chiefs game in Cincinnati. And, first of all, it was it was an excellent time. We had a, we had a, we had a great time. But I remember walking away from that game saying, this team is for real. Like, it actually had a playoff game in what? It was like week 11, week 10, week 11? I don't remember when it was. Sometime around the 1st of December maybe. I don't know. But that Bengal team at that point, I think, turned a little bit of, a, of another corner to where I don't think they've lost since. And, what, nine in a row? I think they've won nine in a row. It could be. But the game yesterday, like, it, it it, wasn't even close. Like, I remember watching the first quarter and the first drive, and it was like, here we go again. And they never looked back. Like, I think they have something to prove from last year. And as much as I love Patrick Mahomes, and as much as I, I think the Chiefs still have a legitimate shot of winning, let's not take anything away from the Chiefs. But at the same time, that Cincinnati team – is on a mission, and I think they're going to do it this year. I said it. I said it a month ago. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. It's going to be Bengals 49ers, and I think the Bengals are going to get that first chip this year.
0: And they're they're just finding ways to do it. Like, okay, all of a sudden Baltimore is about to hand it to Marshawn. Just hand it to Marshawn. Why aren't we handing it to Marshawn? <laughs> two plays. You got J- plays. Jk. You got Jk. But no, we're going to take our quarterback and throw him over the top. Then eighty yard fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah. So the Bengals are just finding ways to win. It reminds me, I'm a Broncos fan, of the Tim Tebow years. They just found ways to win. And then you got that 80-yard bomb to Demarius Thomas. Then you got blown out by the Patriots. But that's a whole whole other topic. We're here to tell fun stories. That's what I like. And a fun story that I have, Josh, Mm -hmm. is back in August – LJ's afforded that uh, me the opportunity to go down to Bengals training camp. I remember, that. Uh, I remember me, Justin, Katie. It was hot that day, wasn't oh it? Oh my god, it was so hot. It was like a thousand degrees. We went down to Bengals training camp and I'm sitting there looking at Jamar Chase, like his thigh muscle is as wide as my waist. Like T Higgins, just built different, aren't they? T. Higgins is a monster of a man. And I think the whole core to this, the missing piece, is Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, you know, he was, he was okay in Baltimore. He comes to Cincinnati, and he's just, okay, what are you going to do? you got you got to guard Jamar because he's just incredible. Even that catch in the back of the end zone last night, it reminds me of Des Bryant. Like, what's a catch? I don't know anymore. I think that was a catch. Then you go to Hayden Hurst. Nobody can cover him because you can't put a linebacker on him because all of your DBs are covering Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Then you got Joe Mixon. I mean, you don't even have a very good offensive line because everybody's hurt. You got a great defensive line and defense. Patrick Mahomes is going to have that high ankle sprain. Are you really believing in Chad Henney? I mean, but also, no one's stopping Travis good. Kelsey. Though. Yeah, yeah. No one's stopping Travis Kelsey. And I don't That's think anyone's true. talking about the NFC because the Eagles went out and just destroyed the Giants. I think a lot of people were the, happy the about 49ers, that. The 49ers, I'm okay. not sure what happened on that last play where Zeke was the center, but like, that was an Did you ugly see that? Game. He
1: got destroyed. And just that linebacker just rocked him. Well, he wasn't even ready for that, although I think they had something sniffed out to where Dak started to move up a little bit. I don't know if you saw that or not, to where there might have been some sort of lateral and then something else was going to happen. But the 49ers said, uh-uh. No.
0: But uh, that's I think enough. it
1: lasted three seconds maybe. It, <laughs> was, it was over with. It was over with.
0: That, that's, so. a, that's enough football talk, Josh. Lately, we've been going to card shows, mainly You? And there's a couple of things that we'd like to talk to the listeners about because we set up at the National. We set up at the Midwest Monster. We're going to start setting up at the Lancaster Show here in Columbus, Ohio, coming up soon. We'd like to set up at the um, Hilliard Show. We want to start setting up at the Xenia Show and now the Lima Show. Josh has gone to the Xenia Show and the Lima Show the last two weeks. Josh, tell us some of your takeaways because there are some very important things that – if you, you're, you're a, a veteran to card shows, you might need to know X, Y, Z. You're a rookie to card shows, you might need to know X, Y, Z. Tell us about your experience there, Josh.
1: The Genius Show was, what, two weeks ago, I think it was? Maybe three weeks ago? I don't know. But it was before the Lima Show. Um, there was two buildings, 150-some vendors, um, good, good amount of people, good amount of, good amount of product, good amount of cards. Um, the Lima Show, I think, had more tables. But it was more—it was more packed, for lack of a better word. Um, let me describe what I mean. Um, the Xenia show had two buildings. Everything was spaced out. The aisleways were, were nice and nice and big. You could actually walk around there. You could. Tables were spaced out. You didn't feel crowded. Um, the Lima show a little more crowded. Now, as far as as far as that goes, um, give me the space any day, right, Chris? I mean I'm on, I'm going I'm going to take the time if I'm if I'm going to go I don't want to feel rushed I don't want to feel pushed around I don't like people Especially feeling like, like involved. yeah like
0: I'm not rushing my wallet.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think I think that 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 leads to another interesting topic with this too is um, one thing that I have I have noticed from from both of these shows is the more crowded that the show is um, the more the more the more likely you are to be rushed and 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 where i'm going with this is that as a vendor as somebody that is set up to sell um a takeaway that i got from that is is there were a couple tables that i had stopped at that it was very hard to figure out what they wanted and at the same time i mean for prices of cards that is um they were kind of all over the place. Well, they didn't have price tags on them. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of organization to a lot of the stuff. Um, so, with that said, um, as far as being crowded, as far as feeling like you're being pushed out of an area, um, I like to know what I'm looking at, know what my options are, um, because there's 17,000 people waiting to push me down the aisle because they got to get to the other booth, which is fine. Um, and I'm going to say this real quick before I forget, but car shows are definitely not dead.
0: Oh, they're no, definitely not dead. No, they dead. are not.
1: Um, let's, let's back more up here a minute. More
0: are popping up every week.
1: Let's back up here a minute. I was getting ready to walk into the show, right? And these two guys are walking out, and they look at me, and they're like, hey, man, you going into the show? Yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. I'm just warning you now, they said that there is way too many people in there. I'm like, all right, you know, we'll give it a go. You know, it can't be that bad. So I walk in, and it is instantly crowded right off the bat. And my first reaction, Chris, was car shows are definitely not dead. Definitely not dead. Um, so as you make your way around, there's a there's a good bit. There's a good bit of vintage. There's a good bit. There's a good bit of uh, memorabilia, good bit of modern, a ton of graded stuff, a ton of graded stuff. Um, pros to the big shows leading into this, um, there's more to choose from. As opposed to a smaller show. Now, I'm going to get, I'm going to get into the smaller show here in a minute, but the bigger shows, you have more to choose from, you have more variety, a ton of stuff, and you have a better chance of selling your stuff
0: because there's more people to sell to. Anything to add to that? I just remember you saying, like, in the Xenia show, which is down near Cincinnati, like, mm-hmm. hey, there's so much red stuff. Um, we're in central Ohio here, if you don't know, LJ's Card Shop in Columbus, Ohio-ish. And so like the Xenia shows down near Cincinnati, I'm a big Reds fan. Josh is like, hey, you got to go to the show. There's red stuff everywhere. Red stuff that you can't just find anywhere. If you're a Reds fan, go to the Xenia show. So different card shows. I mean, people travel from card show to card show to card show every weekend. They may not be the people on eBay, the people with the website, the people with actual physical retail shops. So if you want like different stuff that you can't find just everywhere – Card shows are the way to go. I remember you telling me at the Hilliard show, you flipped through the guy's dollar box mm-hmm. like two hours. Yep. You found like 74 different Michael Jordan cards mm-hmm. that you didn't have for a dollar each. And
1: they were all a buck a piece.
0: They could be worth 50 cents, but I'm going to pay a dollar for it because mm-hmm. I'm probably never going to see that card again. Mm-hmm. One big question I have though, Josh, at the bigger shows compared to the smaller shows – do you find that there could be possibility of theft of cars? I know when we went to the Midwest Monster, oh, we took uh, we took Nico with us. Nico is our security guard, our, our bodyguard, our, our boy, our, our homie, big dog, our, our dude. And so we had our display set up in a certain way where they open back towards us, somebody has their eyes on the display at all times. So we have five people working. One person's job is literally just to look at the displays. One person's job will be to talk to the customer. One person's job will be to handle the money. One person's job will be to look up prices. Because I remember seeing on Twitter, it's like, hey, if you're at a card show, everything should be priced and you should already know it. Okay, well, if I'm going to a card show on Monday, Joe Burrow just won yesterday. Well, that's the old price. Right. And And so there's a new place today. So, you know, if I've got 600 cards I'm taking, most of them are going to be the same, but a couple of them are going to be different. And I want you as a customer Mm -hmm. to do your research and me as, you know, the supplier or the business to do my research so we can come to a deal that we're both happy with. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people at card shows too that say, Oh, I go to a car show every weekend. I priced that three months ago. There's a new price on it. It's XYZ. i Z. I'm going to go up to you. You have a $150 car. Like, hey, man, that's $75 now. No, I want $150. Okay, then you're going to take that back home with you. Mm-hmm. Me, as a vendor, I want to sell everything I have. I work for a business, I work for a company. I want to sell my cards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm going to need to get the price that I want for them. I'm not selling, you know, a $200 card for 50 bucks, but $200 card I might take 150 because there's no, you know, eBay fees. There's no fees on top mm-hmm. of it. Cash is king. I can now go buy something else with it. And chances also, are you pulled
1: that card out of a box anyway, so you're not really going to lose a whole lot of money. I
0: don't want to take anything home with me. Mm-hmm. I have a five-row full of dollar cards. You're going to offer me $300. You take my box and go have a good day with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, think that with the bigger shows, you have more of that where people want to come around and just buy your boxes because they're going to go ahead and sell them themselves and say, hey, you know what, I got my 300 bucks. You might put in a little bit more work and get 400 bucks. And we're both happy.
1: Mm-hmm. The, bigger, the bigger shows, I think, probably attract the bigger spenders. I think I don't know. You probably would agree with me on that. Yeah. Although I do think there's something magical about these smaller shows to where you have that intimacy of only having 15 to 20 people at a time to where you can actually take the time. You can form relationships with the people that are selling cards if you're not there set up and you're just, just walking around. Um, you have the time to look... To look at the product to see what they have, and you never know where you're going to find that that hidden gem. And maybe in these smaller shows, these guys might be willing to work with you a little bit more because they only see 50 people a day. Now these bigger shows, you know, they may not be likely right off the bat to take your to take your deal because I got six hours left and there's a lot of people here. So you know, I may come down five bucks on this at the very beginning, but I'm not going to come down 40 or 50. Where these smaller shows, you might be able to find a little bit better of a deal. I think that to where to where you can you can make a little bit of profit or if you want to just find something for yourself
0: to add to your collection and i think it's really important too of knowing your audience like we went to the midwest monster we took 10 to 15 twenty thousand plus dollar cards i think we sold one of them mm-hmm. we took a bunch of two to five hundred dollar cards i'm pretty sure we sold all of them uh, the raw cards like 20 and under, sold all of them. The vintage cards will take boxes full of vintage and you'll have you know the vintage collectors sitting there for hours going through the boxes because they're set collectors. They it's an entire need, different crowd, right? They need the cards that they want. So they'll take a box, like, hey, do you mind if I go over there and look through this? Yeah, no, no problem. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't care. That's fine. But also I think it's it's very important to know your audience and know what to take with you. Mm-hmm. And also have backup stuff. So if you're at a two-day show and you sell all your stuff Saturday, what are you going to do on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Have more stuff to put up on Sunday or mm-hmm. you know, have some of the stuff not even on display and someone comes up, hey man, you got any Justin Herbert? Actually, yeah, back here in my suitcase. I got three of them. Why don't you come back here and talk to me real quick? Mm-hmm. Then you can go ahead and do that. So Have I a plan for sure. Having a plan going in as a customer, having a plan as a vendor, Um, Card shows are just so fun.
1: They're a blast.
0: And you know, like two months ago, I took my daughter, she's seven, to Mm -hmm. her very first card show, and people love kids. Mm -hmm. Someone gave her, I mean, we didn't ask for anything, I'll never ask for free stuff, but they're giving her Pokemon packs, they're giving her packs of opening day. They just love to see, especially a young girl Mm -hmm. who likes this, the young people are the next, you know, round of the hobby, the next generation, and they get those female collectors, I know... Um, the very first uh, girl, female, who ever coached uh, on the basis for the Giants. Someone sent my daughter that card, and we got it to PSA, just encapsulated, came back at 10. Over the weekend, someone posted the Allen and Ginter card of, of a female player. Said, hey, is there a little girl collector who wants us? Like 10 people tagged me in on Twitter. Someone sent us that card. Like the next generation of card collectors is coming, and it's coming from card shows. But, Josh, you also see these 10-year-olds with $20,000 worth of cards in their suitcases. Dude, so, they are hustling, they're my hustling. friend. <laughs> they they got. They know exactly what they're doing, and they are hustling you. Like, Listen, they know incredible. their comps.
1: They know their players. They know who won. They know who won six years ago. And these kids are 12. Like, they, are, they, know, they know the game. Their words work differently. <laughs> that's true. But here's the thing, and I think I said this last week. On, on our show, on our uh, live show, was that you are smart enough to figure this out. Sometimes it is, it, it is easy to get, to get overwhelmed, for lack of a better word, when you're going into this, because there is a lot to know. So my advice would be to start with five players. Do you research on five players? Take five players you think about investing in. One player, two players, three players, I don't care. Don't get too many. And just figure out what the market is for those guys and then go from there and then that leads into to ten players and then once you start once you start understanding how the market works for these players then you can kinda gauge All right, well this guy is not a tier one player he might be might be a tier three player not as good so so his cards may not be worth as much so you don't have to spend a bunch of time looking up because you know what a Joe Burrow PSA 10 is worth as opposed to a I don't know Pick a pick a quarterback off the top of your head. Let's say Daniel let's Jones. say Daniel Jones or like a like a like a Garner Minshew. You're not gonna, they're, they're not going to have the same value. I'm not picking on either one of them. They were just the two the two quarterbacks that came to mind that are on the level. Jay Cutler is not a joke. Jay Cutler is definitely not a joke.
0: Jay Cutler is not a joke.
1: You heard it here first. He not is not a joke. A joke. Um, I am I am going to end. I think this is a good place to end with this. As I was as I was at the show in Hilliard a couple a couple of weeks ago. Chris, we were, I was it was on a Sunday, and the guys were marking prices down, and I had, had, I, had, I had a stack of dollar cards, over 100 cards, I think. I don't remember the count for sure, but anyway, I remember a guy coming up to me, and he said, are those your cards? And I said, well, yeah, I said, and I said, I've got, I've got a stack started here. He said, that's, that's very impressive. And I said, you know what? I said, we have to keep this hobby alive. And going back to what Chris said is keeping the kids involved and also doing your part to help somebody else out. Because it is fun. You get to be a nine-year-old kid. We get to be nine-year-old kids every day doing this.
0: Every
1: day. And just by going on that alone, I think I'm going to end by saying just do your part to keep the hobby alive because it is fantastic. It is still there. Regardless of where the market is or where it was, it is still fun. There's still an opportunity to enjoy this and just do that. Just enjoy it.
0: And I'm going to hit on one other thing you said there, Josh, about when you go into the show, I like to say, like, okay, my PC guys that I'm going to look for, and then two players per sport, like two guys in football, two guys in baseball, two guys in basketball that aren't my PC that I'm looking to buy that day, and that's it. And it's generally like mm-hmm. Jordan and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, Elway's on my, my PC. It's like Brady mm-hmm. and Montana. Mm-hmm. Or Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But to me, it's two guys who aren't on my PC per sport that I'm looking for. Or, you know, if you're prospecting, too, that's a whole, noth- that's a whole conversation a whole for whole next week. Bobby, that's a whole Prospecting other podcast. will be for next week. But anyways, this is our first show, Chris and Josh, L.J.'s Card Lounge, Hope you enjoyed uh, this. We're still going to do our Thursday nights live uh, lounge on YouTube, and we're going to post these um, once a week here on the different uh, podcast platforms. So thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great week. See you.